Oh, I got his ass now. You have to be fast in the track. I hate that guy. This race can change the rest of your life. My bottle got stretched a little bit. I got a tight little butt. I'm about to light this shit up. Uh, we don't start dialing at 9.30 because our clients are already answering the phone. Three, two, one, let's fuck! Coffee Chatter, show number 156. We got the Papendal World Cup recap show coming at you. Lots to talk about, lots to break down, but T, how are we doing first? Oh, we got a big show today. Paps was just this weekend, just the best World Cup of the year. Um, speaking of Matthew McConaughey on that bring-in, uh, I was at the house, I was at Raleigh House's place on uh, this past weekend in Phoenix, and we watched uh, Lincoln Lawyer. Have you seen Lincoln Lawyer? Why do I know the name so well? And I would like to say I have, but if you ask me about it, I don't know if I've seen it. It's a phenomenal movie and it's, I, I love that movie and I've seen it before, but I hadn't seen it in a long time. Matthew McConaughey plays a defense lawyer. Okay. So I definitely know it. I just, I don't think I've seen it. I phenomenal it's movie. Yeah. I've heard it's like good. Things oh, it's about great. It. Yeah. You, if you haven't watched it, you got to watch it. All right. I'll check it out. Um, but yeah, show 156 paps re recap show. Um, Man, the racing in Papua this weekend was phenomenal. I feel like year after year, the the level of World Cup racing still just continues to increase, and it's just incredible the the level everyone's at right now. And it's nuts. All classes this weekend delivered. Um, Papandal delivered like it always does. Like it's not. I think even Romain said it. I think Sylvan might have even said it on their their post win interviews that it's just different. Papandal's got something extra to it that if you win Papandal, that's it's different than just saying you won one of the other ones. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but it's just a staple that is just one of the best tracks to race on. Part of the reason why it's so special is because the great gate they have up there in, in Pro Gate Europe. Because, you know, winning starts with the great gate. Molly Simpson, great starter, won the first World Cup of her career, day two in U23. What a start she had on that Pro Gate Europe. Dude, unbelievable start she had. What a gate. I saw Mr. Skipper's up there, Mr. Pro Gate. Um, they put that the fresh grip down first off that fresh grain oh, for the, the hill. And like, it didn't matter what condition, if it rained, it didn't matter. It was going to be just as grippy. The gate was falling so freaking perfectly fast. It was unbelievable how nice that place is. They got, Jan Skip was just up there looking over his fucking masterpiece up there. It's just unbelievable. What an absolute gem of a start gate he has up there. And what an absolute gem of a guy. And we got, we got them on board with us. Like how good is that? Yeah. You know, pro get Europe. When he starts, it just, it starts with the great gate. It really does. Simple as that. Um, I'd like to start off the show by giving a shout out to uh, Lucas Roberts. He um, He's in my TNBMX training Facebook community, and I was talking to him the other day, and he said he's a big Coffee Chatter fan and loves listening every week. So shout out, Lucas. Thanks for thanks for listening, brother. This, one, this one's for you, Lucas. I'm getting a little fist pump in the background. Thanks for listening. You can't see James, but he's fist pumping. <laughs> um, Arizona Could be, be back in, uh, yeah. So... <laughs> We were, thinking, we were both going to ask each other. So yeah, we'll start. We'll start AZ. Arizona is Phoenix specifically is the hottest place on the planet. I don't give a shit what anyone says. There's no place hotter in the world than Phoenix, Arizona. Nope. Holy smokes! Nobody talks good about that place in the summer. It's great for everywhere, every time else, but every time around summer, all I hear is it's way too hot. And 
What was it? You're doing some camps there, right? Because if you're doing a camp there and you're out in that sun, that must have been killer. Yeah. So I coached in uh, in Chandler over the weekend and we went eight to 11 in the morning and six to 9 p.m. So to try and make it a little bit better. But dude, <laughs> dude so, so first of all, I went there on a Thursday evening, got there. I uh, stayed with Riley House and, and the fam and it was awesome to see them. Hadn't seen Riley in a long time, so it was cool to hang out and everything. Um, he's doing really well also. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. I was going to ask you. How, that's good to hear. Yeah, he's, he's doing great. He's recovered really well. And like hanging out with him, you would never know that he went through his accident, which is incredible. Um, so yeah, I got there Thursday evening and then Friday, dude, they set a record for, I think that's the hottest day of that specific day in June ever. It got up to like 115. 115? It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable how hot it was. And like, I mean, the weekend was pretty much the same. It was like 113 or whatever, 115. Dude, it was, so it's 40, 45 degrees, 46 degrees. Yeah. What a joke. Are you, is, are you shitting me? Where's the button when I, I need that? Dude, seriously, I've never felt a heat like that in my life. It, it felt like I was in a convection oven just being baked from all sides. Like it feels, you feel it up through the ground, the sides, <laughs> the sun is on you. You can't, you can't really do anything outside during the day. Like you just sit inside in air conditioning. I feel like you put, try to like put an umbrella over your head to like maybe block some sun and you don't, doesn't matter. You still get the heat radiating off the ground. You probably just feel like you're even more in a little sauna. Well, I guess and it's just, know. it's just laugh out loud. Funny. The first day I was there, it's just like in news across the U S that there's a massive heat wave going through Arizona. <laughs> the Canadian kid that moves to California goes to Arizona for the first camp of the year for him and gets hit with just, that. Just becomes a piece of bacon. <laughs> it's just a fried egg on the, on the ground there. So, Honestly, feeling that heat was, was really impressive. Like, you know, it, you think it gets hot and like, we've been in whatever, 37 Celsius, like a hundred or so degrees. And it's like, that's really hot. Like yeah. this was an entirely other, other experience. I don't even like, I can't tell you if I've ever been in that kind of heat before. You, so you're, you're inside in, yeah, you're inside on the AC and then like you walk outside to go to the car and you open the door and you're like, oh, there it is. And it's just like, someone's holding a blowtorch in your face. Nature is unreal, isn't it? The fact that it can get that hot and then other places on this planet are just as cold as they are. I don't understand. And even you can't really sit outside in the shade. Like you still just sweat no. your balls off. Yeah. What are you going to do? You can't just go for like evening time. It's probably not even nice enough to go outside and chill on deck or something. So I had rented also, I rented a car from San Diego to do the drive. I had a black Mustang, a black <laughs> Mustang. <laughs> Dude, getting in the car, getting in the car, it's like I almost, I almost died in there. First of all, I just try to picture you driving a Mustang around. <laughs> just, just ripping a black Stang through the desert. Which is <laughs> pretty comical to begin with. <laughs> You leaving the tractor to burn out in a Mustang? Oh fuck yeah! I was in a black Mustang, which is oh, which was that's awesome. Um, I love it. But getting in the car, like even this, like you burn your hands in the steering wheel. Yeah, because I can like even when I'm here at home, if it's 25, 30 degrees, like the car just when the the sun's coming through the the windshield or whatnot, you get in a car and it's it's boiling, like your hands are melting. So if you go in forty five degrees, so one hundred fifteen, yeah. I can't even imagine. So obviously at home, like in the winter sometimes, and especially in other parts of Canada, you obviously got to like heat up the car in the winter before you get in there. You got to, you got to like turn the AC on and let it cool down for five minutes. Like that's a serious thing. Hey. Yeah. Even like my sunglasses, you know, you hook them on the, 
whatever, like the flop thing. Yeah, the sunshade. Yeah, you hook it on the sunshade. It wasn't even in the sun. So I could still couldn't put my sunglasses on. It was burning my face. Oh my God. How do, so how do the, kids even do anything outside there? I don't, you can't. Like during the day, you, you can't. Like we rode in the morning, but dude, so Saturday, no, yeah, Saturday, I, I stepped out of his house at 6 45 to go get coffee before the camp. It was already like 100 degrees, like 35 degrees. Unbelievable. At, six, at midnight, it was all, it was still 37. So it's like whatever, 105 at midnight. Like if you're coming from, from Arizona there, like the advantage you have going anywhere mediocrely warm, like you yeah. just know heat better than anybody. The only problem is you go anywhere that's not there, that's not warm. You're just freezing your balls off probably. Yeah. So the riders were absolute troopers at the clinic. I will say it's just unbelievable that they, you know, rode in that heat. Granted, they're from Arizona. So it's like, well, you kind of got to deal with it and just do it, you know, like yeah. same kind of way you ride in the winter, you, you kind of just got to deal with it. But we could really only ride 10, 15 minutes at a time before we needed like a 10 minute water break to cool down. Cause it's, it's legitimately dangerous. As we know, like if you're wearing helmet and everything, like you can't be out there for half an hour riding. No, you, your brain just starts melting inside. You don't even realize how hot you're getting. Yeah. So I think next time I go back and coach at Chandler and Phoenix, I'll, uh, I'll go in somewhere between the November to March range. <laughs> somewhere in the bearable months range. Yeah. Yeah. That's but that cool. was, that was an experience. That's like, unbelievable. Yeah. So I got back to San Diego and it was like, whatever, 75 degrees or 25. And it felt like cold and refreshing. Probably putting on a light hoodie in that weather. Dude, it was so nice. That's unreal. <laughs> what troopers are? Uh, I know they're, yeah, they're used to it, but still, that's the, you got to be a trooper to be out there the whole time doing that. 100%. So, uh, yeah, but thanks to Rachel and Chandler for having me. It was fun and had a good time and a uh, good group of riders. And, yeah, had a good time staying at the houses. So, all good. Your, uh, your next upcoming clinics, where are they? Yes. So, I'm going to be in Washington and Georgia next month um, in July. So, I'm pretty excited uh, coaching at, yeah, all new tracks. So, um, yeah, stoked about it. I like it. You're making the tour. You're making the U.S. work for you. Yeah, it's going to be a busy July. I'm excited. Head up to the Pacific Northwest and then, um, yeah, Peachtree City BMX in Georgia. So it'll be fun. Right on. Right on. Dude, how does it feel to be home after your Euro trip? It feels good. I feel jet lagged. Um, my body's sore from, not from racing, sore from jumping around at the after party and then flying home. I'm not, I'm not a little kid anymore, T. My calves get tired. My, my joints, joints ache a little bit. Not made for the yep. party life and then the travel home and grind it out life. I'm not made for that anymore. No, it's, I mean, it's a young man's game, staying up all night and drinking and then flying internationally. That's a young man's game. It's, it's not me. It's not me anymore. No. I mean, I don't know how to party not. Like, I don't know how to go easy at a party. That's not me either. But we got to find some kind of balance here because this is going to be a turn into maybe one or two times a year thing, not like a four or five times a year <laughs> thing. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how I used to do it every race. I, I, I think if I tried it now, I don't know if I'd make it home. I, like you, you can't, you almost don't make it through the airport. Your, your body just stops working. The calves don't work anymore. You just can't, you just gonna have to get rolled through the airport. Just the thought of, of waking up and just pulling your bags, you know, how exhausting pulling your bags is and doing it like horribly hungover at 5am to the airport is just the worst experience you can have. It's awful. You like you're oh better off. God. You're better off being a little drunk than just hungover. Because at least if you're drunk, you know you don't feel it all. If you're hungover. It just it's ten times worse. So do you think there's that there's the the timeless debate of do you sleep for two hours or do you just run it? 
That's the see. That's the the telltale question. Yeah, I don't know. I think it depends on how how long your drive to the airport was. We got not screwed, but our plan was all messed up. So we were in Papua, obviously, partied there, slept for two to three hours, got up, drove two hours to Belgium to the airport there. Then we had to wait like an hour or two to be able to check in. So we're sitting in the airport doing nothing. Then we check in. We still got three hours until our flight. So the amount of time that we are awake before you get on the flight and go to sleep, it was probably better to sleep, but dude, it doesn't, didn't feel good. No, it's tough. Like I remember at the world's in Medellin, I stayed up all night and we just went straight to the airport and I was still like playing reggaeton in the car and stuff. And people were just wounded in the back seat. And I think I was generally okay. I did the same at Manchester before. Like you feel, I mean, you feel pretty, I mean, effed up on the flight home, no question. But I remember a couple of times I slept for like two hours. And I think that's worse. I think it, it, it almost is. Like if you can just keep it going yeah. just a little bit, you still feel like a bag of phalluses. But at least yeah. when you get on the plane, you just knock yourself completely out and you're normally out the entire yeah. flight. Because if you go to sleep for two hours, you wake up feeling like you got hit by a truck. It's unbelievable. You can't even get <laughs> out of your bed without even just, yeah. Your head is pounding. You feel, your head feels like it's a thousand pounds. I like I set my alarm for my two to three hour nap. I knew what time I had to wake up. It felt like I had slept for a minute before my alarm went off. Oh, it's horrible. It's you like wake I up just put the, yeah. like it's yeah. I think it I think it's better to stay up. We uh, yeah, I, I mean next time I'm staying up, screw it. I'm not yeah. Everyone says not to. I'm not doing next time I'm staying up. Just go party. How long do you sleep? How long do you sleep for? I'm t- like two or three hours. I can't remember. I don't know okay. when I went to bed, but the the uh the alarm was set for three thirty. Oh my God. Yeah. We get this, get this T. So awesome festival, music festival after Papendal for anybody there. Great time. This thing, this party was going on all day long. And if this would have been our kind of party, if we weren't flying party went down all day long, ended at 11 PM. Perfect. It, it was honestly, I used to think that's what I wanted. It wasn't even dark out. Like by the time (laughs) this thing ended, it was the weirdest thing ever. Perfect. You party from like seven to 11. Then did you get a good night's sleep? That's the dream. That would be. That was always the dream. So then what did you guys do from 11 to 1.30? Um, went back to, so I was with, at that point, Dana, Dylan, Molly, Tegan. We went back to the dugout and, oh, get this. Dugout. Okay. So we go. An absolute, an absolute just textbook stop on tour. I feel like I got plenty to tell you right now. Okay, so then we go back to the dugout. Um which is a restaurant at the Papandal Hotel for people who don't know. Thank you. There we go. Clarification. So this whole music festival going on at Papandal, there's other things going on at the Papandal Center. So there's tons of other people there. So we go to the dugout. There's a huge, there's another party going on of like different group of people, like not BMXers. So I'm like, what's going on? And then they got this thing, this party thing where it's like you put those headphones on and everyone wearing the headphones can hear the same music playing. So it's like you're in a rave with headphones on, but obviously there's no what? music playing out loud. Picture this. Are you picturing it? Can I, am I explaining it well enough? This is insane. So you put these headphones on. You got three colors, green, red, and blue. So you click one of the three, and then if somebody else has the same color, they're listening to the same station, quote-unquote station, so the same music as you are. So you just go in this room with headphones oh my on, God. and you're just listening to the same music as as other people if they got the same station. And I thought it was the stupidest thing at first. I was like, what a joke. Like you can't yell your music's, but whatever. I've never heard of this. I I've heard of this before. And I, this is the first time I got to experience it. Low key got in there. Absolutely loved it. 
You just change, really? you just change the channel when you hate the music. You find the station that you like best. You tell you like you yeah. point a person, make them go to that station, and you're just jamming out. You know what? It makes sense though, especially in a place like that where you can't just blast music in the hotel. Yeah. How do you how do you talk to people? You can't really. You got to like half have the headphone off or whatnot because when, when the headphones are on, you can't talk. That is the dumb part. But at the same time, the if you're part? like if you're like really raving at the festival, it's not like you can talk to many people anyways. I don't know. You know what the best thing would be if you just like walked into a quiet room with all these people with headphones on that people are just grinding and there's just, it's just silent. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> I mean, it's so dumb. It's smart. It is. It's like, it's clearly made for those specific scenarios or some underground clubs or something. And like I said, I, th- I thought it was stupid. Loki, it kind of, it grew on me during the night. It was crazy. That's, that's Wow. So that's, that's, I feel like very, that's very Europe, European. Yeah, probably. It's, yeah. Cause they love to, to club. They love to party and you know, there's gotta be places where they just can't. So they have to do that. Well, talk about a sick setup though. Like you guys having a like your festival right at the track, not only for the atmosphere of the race, but then you guys can just have dinner and walk over after and hang out and then just walk back to the hotel and it's all good. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Super dialect. Like, yeah, that's say, awesome. A lot, a lot better than the, that other festival I used to go on, which yeah. Um, but the weird part was, and kind of annoying for some people, I think if Nick Long was there, he would have been losing his mind. Obviously, that the music festival is playing during the day while racing is going. So you're getting, you're getting music while you're in the gate. And I remember on one of the practice days, it was fucking with some people. For racing, you kind of zone in, you focus in. I never actually noticed it, but it was still going. Like I could hear once you weren't on the gate or weren't racing, you could hear the music playing. So if somebody was had issues with that, that like if Nick was there, he probably would have been having issues. Honestly, though, at that point, like it shouldn't, You're I know so we're human, but it shouldn't bother you. Like there's, when you go, there's always noise. Like there's always some noise. And it, I guess, I think it was so constant that it's like when a, it's a constant noise, you can very much tune it out easily. And once you're in the zone, it's, yeah. I mean, it's very easy not to worry about it. I mean, if it's quiet, some blasts an air horn, it's different than if there's constant, like, you know, singing in the background or something. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't remember ever, ever having an issue with a noise really like. Yeah, no. I don't remember ever hearing anything. Obviously, I know like constant. I've heard obviously the random yells or something like that, but those are one-offs. Let's go, James! <laughs> like in the pod or something. Uh, yeah. I've, I feel like it's at the smaller races that those happens. Like you go to a Canada I Cup and so, somebody yeah. that's less experienced with like pro racing, that's when it ends up happening. Or if it's like the pause and the and the commissary behind you like, Moto7! Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a little different, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's tough. Yeah, if it's in the distance for something, it's constant. Yeah, shouldn't be a, shouldn't be a huge issue. Um, glad you boys had fun in Paps, though. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. I, mean, I think everyone enjoyed themselves um, racing-wise and at the party, so it was good. How was breakfast in the coffee coffee machine? So I got to say, we only got to enjoy it two mornings. Um, mm-hmm. The first morning, it had been at, what, it's been two years since I've been back there? I was starstruck. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where to go again. I couldn't figure out my route, what food I wanted so to get It's almost a first. little, like, anxiety-inducing. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know where to start. I was all by myself at breakfast. I didn't know where to start. Um, you feel like an asshole in the middle. You feel like an asshole in the middle of the room. Everyone's sitting down, and you just got a plate. You don't know what to do with it. <laughs> You're just doing circles, like looking at all the different things. You're like, where do I You're start? Like, okay, okay. Do I get eggs or do I get cereal? <laughs> the, the bread wasn't in the spot. The bread usually is. It was around the corner. There wasn't a toaster to toast my bread. I didn't know if I wanted to get bread or not. It was a whole thing. A whole, it, I know it is a whole thing. Yeah. You don't you don't really know what you want to eat yet. Yeah. But the what stayed the staple was obviously the coffee machine. 
Um, it's not the best coffee in the world, but the fact that it has that machine, that's just endless coffee for you. Fantastic. And the yep. pink yogurt. It's like ice cream. I don't, it's not strawberry, right? This pink yogurt, it's not strawberry. I don't know what flavor. No, it it's some other, it's some other fruit, but it's really good. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So that was, those were fantastic. Couldn't complain one yeah. bit about any, uh, any of that. That hotel always delivers. It did. Yeah. Um, congratulations to Molly. Like we said, we'll get into it, but congrats to Molly. Outstanding win in U23. Huge win for, um, yeah, obviously yourself and, and for Canada. I mean, it's big. Very cool. I mean, I felt like we all knew it was coming. We've said it for years before. You've said that a lot. And then you saw her, saw her with some fantastic speed in Glasgow. And then to come out here, I mean, she showed speed on, on Saturday in Papadon on Sunday, just uncorked one. Man, that's so cool. Yeah. So cool. For yeah. Me. Yeah. And we had a chat after Saturday and a few things that she could improve on um, from racing to Saturday to Sunday, she did. And she put it together. So really proud of her. Like to be able to go from getting beat on Saturday to winning on Sunday, like, takes a takes a good athlete to do that a remarkable whole, athlete to do that. had a whole shot not from lane one either so to be in like a box get that's out that's another thing that's another thing it's not easy to to whole shot from two no um and then to, to hold it in the final turn too she wasn't giving that thing up i loved it that class is fantastic to watch dude it's so oh. good right yeah that's just yeah those three are all outstanding. It was like those three are incredible. And then Tegan was really, she was ripping it from eight. Like she was the Good new, to see T. Yeah. Good to see T racing well. Yeah. She was flooring it from the outside. So she was like the fourth member in there now. And it's just like they were battling. It was so cool. I think the U23 class is just awesome. And I think a lot of riders that if they're not racing it are missing out on a good opportunity. Yeah. It delivered. Absolutely delivered. So. Yeah. So, um, it also, before we get into it, I just want to give a shout out to Saya crashed really hard and hit her head and got another concussion. And she's, yeah, she's had a few the last year. So I hope she's, um, yeah, going to recover well, as well as, uh, Gil Bruner. How do you say it? I, someone, I, I heard somebody say Jill, but I'm a, I've Jill? always said Gil. I'm a big Gil. I just call him Gil. That's probably the North American way to say it, but I feel like it's Jill. Probably, but it's like, we're North American and we don't give him our North American, you know, nickname slang. It wouldn't be ourselves. Yeah, but I heard he he got pretty fucked up, was unconscious, and got carted off. So I hope he's doing okay too. Yeah, I, I did hear note of that. Um, yeah, today actually, I don't know it's good. So yeah, hope so, he's all right. Hope, hope he's doing well, man. You just hate to see that. Just great riders getting, um, yeah, crashing and going through that. So it's tough when. Like we talked about, the, yeah, the levels of everything is so high. It's crazy now. It's like in the elite class, like I know having the two separate classes, the elite, you almost, you lose the motofill, as we kind of mm -hmm. say, like that's the terminology. It's like, it's just like stacked now. You get a first round some days where it's just like four or five guys that are just bangers. And it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Crazy. The level, the level in every class is so high. Like the U23, like all the guys in U23 are already elite fast too. I mean, some of them have raced elite this year. That's that's a joke yeah. on his own. But same with yeah. same with U twenty three women. Obviously, like the top riders are already competitive in elite classes. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I was gonna say like, uh, yeah. You look at the elite women class. Like they only they had a smaller number, but the condensed like level in that class, it was just like compacted. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. The racing was awesome. I got up at uh yeah like six forty five to watch the mains and. It's funny, like just standing there, like screaming it on my phone, like see Molly in the gate. I'm just nervous. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> when she won the second day, I did. I was like on the driveway or something. I was just, or in the car, and I was like, just arm pump. 
Oh, I love that. It's so good. I mean, they're making it exciting. The women are like the skill we talk about. I'm, I'm a little bummed that the, the track released the second straight, you know, that old second straight of Papadol for the women used to be tough, challenging. You could show a little skill kind of, yep. kind of lame ever since they had to make it for the world champs. So they had to make it, you know, rideable for all classes, all ages. So I think it, the, the girls haven't been able to show that as much, but in the counter to that, they've been all boosting that triple into the first turn and showing how good they are there. Like that was so cool. The track is fast. Like the second half, the track is much faster now than it was a few years ago. You can just haul ass. Crazy, hey? Yeah, like it's noticeable. Even on the feed, like you can really see. Yeah. It's funny. So that berm jump has got to be the same as it always was. I don't think they changed the lip. looks tiny. It feels tiny. Like if you floor it into that thing, like with that, how small that second straight is now, it feels like you're just hitting a wall how small it is. If you if you didn't try and suck it up, you would land like in the face of the corner of the, of the of like the guy's corner. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, it's crazy, hey. Do you think like you just carry much more speed over the first two jumps now, or what? I think so. Which kind of was weird to me because I always thought that obviously the first one used to be really big for the guys, but then we had a huge sprint, so I always thought we'd gain that speed back, and it was kind of downhill. Now it's still a little downhill, I guess. Maybe. Um, but the jump is so small, I guess you must just be carrying more speed. Yeah. I think just everyone just keeps getting faster and faster. I think like yeah. any track, I mean, if you compared someone's speed from five, six years ago and to now, it, the speed's just way higher now. I mean, like the first few years at Chula Vista, we saw the time trials drop by a second each year. So I don't think we see as drastic of an improvement, but the improvement's still there each year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, I agree with you there too. And you just see it from uh-huh. everyone, so... But like you guys got to suck it up like crazy to even catch the backside. Yeah. It's, like, it's like you guys are trying so hard not to overjump it. Like I was, I was, I don't know how Romain with that big gear and the speed he had like on day two, how he didn't overjump it even more than maybe he did. Yeah. Um, but the track on the feed looks really good. And the second half of the track, I mean, like it was good before it was tech. It was just different. Cause you kind of had to check your speed in a couple different spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's just a straight drag race. So like on the feed, it, it looked really good. It came across like Papna always does. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. That's good. It felt, yeah. it felt good. Um, yeah. How are the people there? Was there a decent crowd or how was that? Um, I was surprised it wasn't it wasn't as big as I kind of assumed for the Papadol with the music festival going on, but it was still like big crowd. Like I'm not going to say it was sold out. That's why I kind of feel like I thought it would have been, um, but good crowd nonetheless. And lots of cheering for the Dutchies, as they always do, which is really cool. Like, you can clearly hear when a Dutchie's doing well or out there making a move or fighting down the last straight versus somebody else, which I think is so super cool. The atmosphere of races in Holland is awesome, too. Like, the whole community gets – the whole BMX community and country gets really into it. Yeah, everyone everyone that's, like, a BMXer, I feel like, is there. Like, they'll just drive. It's, it's like – it's a World Cup. I mean, why wouldn't you? And probably the good thing about that is, I mean, you can – the farthest – place away in Holland's probably what three hours from Papendal. So pretty small country that everyone can meet in one spot. It's not like you're flying five hours, you know? Yeah. You don't have to break the bank just to go watch it. Yeah. Like I feel that like that. Yeah. Like that makes a difference. I think. Totally. Um, E23 men too. I mean, obviously the French guys delivered. So I'm going to say Ryan Tugas is my guy in the class. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's both of our guys. He's like our little brother. We love that guy, but if he's not in it, my guy, my guy is Dylan Gobert in, in U23. Mr. Romain lookalike. I like I like that guy now. 
dude uncanny like we've talked about but i love his style man he just makes it look effortless so smooth um yeah he doesn't make mistakes he's just so good around the track he really is yeah no wasted energy that's what i always noticed with him no wasted energy because he just he's very still on the bike when he's in the air he's still yeah. he's not being too crazy not really too artistic i like to say it's cool um yeah it rides a uh, rides really rides really central on the bike too, and likes to get forward and ride aggressive. And you're never like watching him. I never think he's going to make a mistake. No, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, it just looks like he's always in control, and everything comes at him slow. Yeah, yeah, I yes, want, that's a good way to put it. it. Comes comes at him slow, and he he's always in control of his of his bike. I want to know how skinny those handlebars. Where does he cut those handlebars to? Because he's looking looking like he's riding micro bars. I think people stand out too if they hold on the inside of their grip, because not many people do. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Hey. Yeah, dude, he must, I mean, Romain, he must love watching Romain. He I, must. I heard. No, I legitimately heard he, yeah, he's he's a fan of him. Obviously, they're from the same country. I think he grew up watching Romain. He's yeah. a big fan. It makes no total surprise. sense. No surprise. I mean, of course, he, of course, yeah. yeah so. Great rider, great rider to look up to. Seriously, yeah, absolutely. In terms of style and everything, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they put on a show. Um, Garayan, I think I'm saying it wrong. That was pretty you know good. What? I think that was good. So I remember when I was doing the the commentating for the worlds in Zolder, I kept having to say his name, yeah. and I was you just feel like an asshole when you're on the live air and you're just you're just trying to pronounce someone's name and you don't want to mispronounce it and like you feel dumb saying it because you think you're saying it wrong. Yep. But Leo Garayon, what a stud he is! And he's he's unstoppable. If I felt like there, he was doing it. Out of, did he do it out of eight both days? I'm pretty sure he did. At least maybe not the first day. Out of the second day, he was definitely out of eight. I need to check this. He was in two or something one day. No, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong then. Yeah, but I th- I thought he did out of eight at least once. But what a stud he is to put it together both days. It's, man, it's crazy. I mean, he has, this is where I, I do think it's like, he's clearly capable to race elite because he won a year around in elite this year. Oh, yeah. Um, But clearly he's just consistent as hell that he's, him and him and uh, Gobert are just going like, they're just duking it out right now. One, two, constantly. And why not just race U23 and be a star and get used to winning World Cups? He'll be way better off in Elite because of what he's doing now in U23. Totally. Honestly, yeah. I think that's the whole reason why we see somebody, like some of the girls, U23 women, like Molly and them, like they can obviously compete in the Elite too, but it's better to get in there, get your experience winning and be more prepared. You're even more prepared once you turn Elite. Yeah. Um, I was happy to see our Canadian guys get some experience in U23 too. It's a tough class, and I mean you got to start somewhere. So I'm glad they're um, getting some World Cup experience as well. Yeah, I mean when you're when you're a junior rider, and anytime you're a junior rider trying to compete at a World Cup is going to be tough. And although now it's it is U23, it's more of a it's a better opportunity to get that experience. It's still going to be tough. So I think they all learn something, which I think is the best part. Definitely better to hop in that class than hop <laughs> in elite. Yeah, you think about it. <laughs> I know if I was junior, I was never going to go to a World Cup because I was not going to compete with the lead. There's no chance. Even when I turned to lead, I could couldn't even compete with the lead. <laughs> like, so yeah, it's it's so tough. And it, I mean, there's even a big difference if you're 17 or 22 or whatever. Oh, big time! Yeah, it's a big growth spurt age. So, um, elite men, man, Sylvan is is. I mean, besides Nick, he's Mister Poppendal. Dude, he's won three there. I think so. I asked Neek, or I, we tweeted on our chatter thing, and I think Neek's won four World Cups and a World Champs, but, and Sylvan's now won three World Cups there. At Papendal. Crazy. And Sylvan hasn't, has he won a World Cup other outside Papendal? No, he's just won his three there. And Baku, obviously. Yeah. His world, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so you fucking did it again. Good for you, Sylvan. What a, I mean, no, go ahead. I was going to say, what a first rate too to do it from one. Like we don't talk, we always make jokes that he's, you know, Mr. In the Pack, making moves, finds his way to the front. Hey, he held it from one. I think he had a perfect day. I don't know for sure, but I think he had a pretty perfect day where he just held one for pretty much all day long. Took the win, got the whole shot. Obviously, put Rome into the uh, into the airbags there, and yeah, just took it, took took it away. Super happy for him, man. What a fucking legend Sylvan is. Yeah, and yeah, to battle Romain to the corner, like Romain was ahead of him too, and Sylvan just wrote a really good turn, obviously, and put him up and ended up winning. So to put that all together and come under heat with Romain down the first straight and and deliver, yeah, really impressive stuff. I thought it was pretty wild that we saw the same three on the podium from Glasgow day two to Papendal day one. Uh, with Jeremy and two and then Isaac. So obviously different positions, but that fact that they were all three on the podium again was crazy. I forgot about that. Wow. Totally yeah. true. Yeah. And good, good work for Jeremy too, like coming off the win and getting right back on the podium with a second. I mean, like big to back up a result like that right away. hundred percent. Hey, and he, he looked fast all weekend. Like he definitely, I think could have won one. Like it felt like he was. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. That was cool. Um, we need to talk about Isaac's second corner. That is one of the best, that's one of the best corners I've ever seen in my life. I had to like, he was in fifth on the second straight. And all of a sudden the, you see him come out of the second turn in third. And I had to go back and watch it. It was fucking unbelievably carved like a meter above the white line chalk. Really? I gotta go. I gotta watch this. I haven't, I don't think I've watched him in that turn. I need to go watch him in that turn. It is one of the best corners you're ever going to see. And I think people go back and watch this corner. We're talking Saturday. Saturday. Okay. I'm gonna watch the video right now. I'm just pulling it up. I'm going to give a shout yeah, out. I didn't see anyone post about it, so we should post about it. It's fucking incredible what he did. Yeah, we should. I'm watching. I'll give a shout out to the, the full race videos on 15BMX. They already posted all of them, so you can check. Oh, and did you know? Are you? Wait, wait a minute. Dude. There might be more to it, talk about because he one-footered into the first turn, too. Did you know that? Won, I didn't. No, I didn't remember that. Okay. So he one footers into the first turn because he got chopped up the lip of the triple. Does a one footer lands in the grass. We need to have a chat about that too. Lands in the grass, rolls into the turn. On the inside or no? In the outside inside, or inside into the oh, first wow. turn. Yeah. Crazy. That was, and then yeah, obviously that second turn was nuts too. How about that second turn? He just that turn is so cool that you can just chalk line the bottom like that. Unbelievable corner, yeah. but yeah, I mean yeah. he's just he just. He's turning into a Sylvan too. He just finds his way on the podium every time. He's a little like, I, I don't want to say, rec, um, uh, he's a hunter. He's an absolute hunter is what he is. Like he just, he doesn't care who's in front of him. He'll just rip into it as, like, as fast as he can and make a space. Yeah. And the way he's routing, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins a world cup in the near future too. Just oh, no. If he keeps yeah. putting himself in the main and in those podium positions, I could totally see him passing someone for first and winning. It takes a lot of balls to do that too. The stuff he does. Like <laughs> there's a lot of things I see him do that, my state right now, I wouldn't be putting it into yeah, those holes. That comes, with, that comes with riding with a lot of confidence. Like you just feel like you can put your bike anywhere and do whatever. So you can tell like on the bike, he's extremely confident what he can do. And there's no reason he shouldn't be. So I got a, this is a, like um, a debate topic that I've had with Sylvan and uh, Graf before. And it's with the rule about the line. So obviously if you cross the white line or cross the line and you gain advantage, you get disqualified. And then it's like, well, in this scenario, so I'm going to use his scenario right here. Like he goes off the track because he gets pushed off, lands inside, continues to go forward, gets back on the track, obviously right away because the turn's there and then continues on his race. But he never really had to slow up because, you know, he just went off the, even though he got pushed off the track, it's like, 
I think the debate happened in in um, was it Shepparton? The Australia race, the World Cup, the first one. Yeah, Shepparton, where you could race off the white line on the first straight, you know, and you know keep your speed up and come back on. But it's that question, like, when does somebody get disqualified for going off the track? Okay, so the Isaac instance specifically here, he ended up losing a spot when he did it. So I'm, I don't think he should have been DQ'd for sure. So my counter to that, and I don't, I'm not over here thinking, thinking he should be really, but if you can't go over the cross the white line, if he didn't, like he would have lost more time if he had to pull up before that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, at the same time though, he got put off in the air. So the fact that he, like he took off, Jeremy was kind of coming inside. He kind of got forced to jump in the air to the inside. I would say because he's even, that's watching it again. He's even with Jeremy and, Who's on the outside of Jeremy Carlos? He's basically even with them, and then he gets pushed off the track, does a one footer, and they go ahead of him. So he lost. He certainly lost time by getting pushed off the track. Yeah. So I right. think there's there's no reason he should have got. No, I think yeah. it's. I would I would think it's be ridiculous if he got DQ'd. Yeah, I think it would too. If I saw that and he got DQ'd, I would be too. But I had to bring that question up because I've heard I've heard that debate a lot. So what's the rule now that it's changed? What is it now? Um. I don't know if there's a change. Was there a change? Is there a change? In Shepparton, it changed? Oh, no, not that it changed. But no, that was the debate topic from there. Because if you remember that first straightaway, the chalk line down the first straightaway between the jumps, you could sprint and you could go obviously over the line to the inside. And I mm-hmm. think Graf or somebody cut somebody off or Graf. I don't know. I don't know specifics. I don't know names. But somebody got cut off. They kept sprinting on the left side. Oh, Sylvan was talking about it. They kept sprinting on the outside of the line, got back on. And like nobody got DQ'd or something like that. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. If you fucking pin it off the white line, then yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you can do that. Yeah. But like, I think we've talked about it here before. It's ambiguous because it, it's like, well, did he gain an advantage or should he have been penalized more for being pushed off the track and he just didn't because he cut it like in a, you know, a specific situation? It's that's a tough call. It, it's so, yeah. There's so much but depth, like judgment. Specific, if, he, if, like, Isaac got pushed off the track, he lost time, came back on, that's fine. There's no way you should be TQ. Absolutely not, no. The fact that he stayed up, too, are you kidding me? End the up on the one push. foot on the Still, grass, get the foot I didn't back realize he. I didn't realize he did that. What a legend. Yeah, and then the person he passed in the second turn was Carlos, of all people, too. That's just Carlos funny. got Carlos. Carlos yeah. got Carlos. He legitimately got Carlos. He got Magician. He did. He did. Fuck, so um, sick. But yeah. What a lap that was. Good show. Man, I could keep watching that over and over. Yeah. Crazy. Um, on the women's side of things, Zoe, phenomenal first straight. Dude. She's got the speed and the power to back up her skills now, hey? I was watching the mains again about an hour ago, and she reminds me of Neek when she rides. I think she rides a lot like him. Really, hey? Yeah. Like, just watching her ride, I was like, wow, the style looks really similar to Neek. Yeah. Um, trying to watch. Oh, there we go. Got it. Yeah, she. I, fi- I feel like she moves around on the bike more than Neek, but I'm trying to watch. Let me let me watch and let me picture that now because I got I got Yeah, I feel like I feel like she stays really central and still. It just has like a straight ahead, efficient, like not flashy, but just straight ahead, efficient, smooth style. Yeah, I can see it in your kick. Uh, I always check the airtime, so I could see her. She has a straight down kick out, like Neek does. No, it's a pretty like- straight kick out. Like they're like good like back posture when they manual and stuff. Yeah, through the rhythm, I see it. I see it yeah, through the rhythm. That's, yeah, 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yep, totally. I, I see what you're talking about now. Yeah. I mean, it was only a matter of time before she won one of the things and to won one of these things and to do it the way she did this weekend. And yeah, especially, you know, in Holland against Laura. I, I was going to say, yeah, with Laura in really good form, like Laura wasn't going slow at all. And then to hold it with Laura hunting her down, because we all know how good Laura is around the track as well and how much energy she normally has down that last straight. To, to hold it the whole time, stay as like calm, cool, collected as she did, that was, yeah, damn impressive. And a cool race to watch because obviously she like Zoe's trying to take off. She's trying to like just get away from, but Laura just stays with her there and gives her pressure all the way to the finish line. And carbon copy both days. Dude, straight up, hey? The carbon copy. Yeah, to do it both days too. Good so, on you, Zoe. You wanna, um, I was going to say just watching. I, I noticed like way more skill in the women is the fact that like not only are all the girls, there are a lot of them jumping the triple. Like we start to see that more in the past few years, but they're tight when they jump it. Like they are close. Yeah. Like Laura is on that inside getting pinched. She's, she's still jumping the triple. Like, and that's normally where I think in the, maybe the past couple of years, even though a lot of them were jumping, that's where they wouldn't be, which is now different. Yeah. Like they're caught in a pack. They wouldn't jump it, but now they're just used to riding. They're used to jumping that stuff in a pack. You're totally right. Yeah. So cool. Love it. Awesome to see. It's a hell yeah. Great bike control. Um, uh, oh, so had a thought with, um, with Laura, not, not winning this weekend. Like, is she, do we think she's done? Is she washed up? I think that, I think this is it. Hey, you know, like Neek and Tulsa didn't win, you know, he's washed Laura two seconds in Papandale didn't even win Papandale. Like she's clearly not the same Laura anymore. Like she, she just won two in Glasgow and now she's not going to win like a single one. And what happened, what happened to Nick and Laura? They were so good. And they just all of a sudden just fell apart at the seams. It's not, like, it's unbelievable. I don't know. What's ha- I don't know what's going on. I should text Laura and just ask if she's okay. Like just careers falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a moment there. Yeah. I don't I think you should. Yeah. I think you should. It's funny. It's funny that she gets two seconds and everyone's like, wow, Laura didn't win. Like that's a, like, that's a thing. Like, you know, you're good when, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you're good when you get two seconds at a world cup. People are like, damn, what happened? What what, a tough weekend. um, Yeah. I'm missing Neek race there. It would have been cool to see him, see him race there. Was he, was he there hanging? He was there hanging. I saw him around the pits. Um, Kissing babies, signing moms, you know, all the works, all the above there doing his thing. Um, Talked to him a little bit and I think he's, he's going to be obviously back on the bike. He already is riding again. But it was it was a bummer not to see him there because I mean I think he I think Lane Eight missed him a little bit. It's a good thing Lane Eight mm-hmm. had Romain to to hold it down for Neek because somebody had to do it. I think Romain was probably stoked that he didn't have to deal with Neek and Eight. That's yeah. for sure. But uh, yeah, 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 it's a bummer not to see him because obviously I mean hometown crowd, world champion, they they would love to see him there. So yeah, um, yeah, but it'd be good to get back at the races and have him ready for the worlds and maybe Euro champs if he races. I'm not sure, but. I doubt that he, well, yeah, I guess he could. It's your champs, but they're doing it at such a small track for your champs. Where is it? It's at Des- I think it's at Dessel. You know where Dessel is? Oh, in Belgium, yeah. Yeah, which is, I mean, for a Euro champs, it seems like a micro track. Um, shout out to our good friend and answer BMX teammate, Laza Bear. Fucking great ride Saturday. It was right in the mix. Good start, good lap, fourth place, solid. So we got, yeah, solid. That was awesome. Like she was ripping all day. Um, yeah, the ladies on the answer BMX S squared holding it down. 
Got Felicia. Felicia's back. Felicia's back. I think that podium the first yep. day she looked in on like really good form. Um, and then yeah, Laws was just Laws's first straights were looking good. Yeah, and like I went to the track to drop gates for her before she went to Holland and watching her starts, I'm like yeah, like she's ready. Like she looks really fast, and she just went there and did it. She was just I think she was just having a good time doing it too. Like I saw her just smiling, hanging out, just living it and just living her life. So she was she was looking good, really good to just, see. Just the wily veteran. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Good to see you. Good to see bear do well. I want to see her get on the podium. I thought she might've podium on Saturday, but um, yeah, she'll get on the podium. One of these, one of these times this year, I think. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree there. Um, I was a little <laughs> surprised not to, uh, I kind of thought Bethany would have won one of the days here just with her, her first rate speed. And she had, I think the fastest lap of, was it the weekend, the whole weekend? I can't remember if she had the fast lap of the weekend, but at least one of the days in the women's class. Um, so she was flying. So obviously got a podium the first day. Um, so still fast, but yeah. Was it the first day? No, second day. I'm sorry. Little, podium the second I'm day. I'm a little surprised to see that she didn't whole shot a main, to be honest. It just like, she, we've seen her speed like at the Worlds there in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's BMX. Who knows? Um, but just, yeah. I think I just feels like now, like, because she's got, we know how her faster first straights are now. That's like every once in a while she pops one off. That's just like, you're like, holy shit. I thought she was going to do it again. Yeah. I thought she was going to have a whole, I thought she was going to kind of have one of those and pop it off too. Not both days, but one of the days. But I think it's also just a testament to how fast Zoe and Laura were too. True. Especially Zoe, Zoe obviously, like she was the fastest one there. Um, but yeah. I mean, still, she's right there down the first straight. She just didn't have that extra gear to, to hole shot them. True. Yeah. I was just, it is crazy to me that in BMX, the, the how much happens and how much variety we get that in the women's class, two out of the three podium spots stayed the same both days. In the U23 men's, two out of three podium spots stayed the same. I got to check maybe. And then uh, in the women's U23, all three people, all three girls were on the podium both days. Yeah, and it's funny because like we all know it's BMX and anything can happen really. Um, like Sylvan won and then got semi the second day, but generally it's the same pool of riders that get on the podium or in the mains. Like someone might get semi or whatever or not get in the box, but really, no matter where you are, it's the same cast of characters around the world. The best riders just find a way, regardless of the track or where it is. They just show up. Yeah. That's and you true. might get some, like, I don't want to say random, but someone like a good pro might just catch lightning in a bottle one weekend and get on the box or win or whatever. But Generally, it's the same 10, 15, 20, people, 20 dudes or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to botch his, uh, his name here. Um, but Stefan Heil, like the German rider, there's one of those I was guys. just going to talk about him. What yeah. a good day he had on Sunday. Wow, he's so close to a podium. Like, you want to talk about somebody just pop one off. His semifinal popped one off to get in the main. And then the, the, the main event, too, popped one off. He was right there. Like, obviously, Rome was just on another planet. Like, he was a still like a bike ahead which is crazy but like um, but like right up there for a whole shot too good job stefan yeah and then yeah was ripping second in the turn almost caught a podium like that was so cool yeah he ended up getting swallowed a bit on the second half of the track like through the second turn and onwards to get, miss the podium but man still a great result for that dude career high and yeah awesome awesome day of riding for him did you know that in the men's elite class there's one rider that has been in all four mains. Do you know who it is? Probably someone you're not expecting, huh? 
A little bit. Yeah. Is it Romain Maillet? Yeah. Yeah. Wild yeah. to think about because I mean, you just, he's kind of been, he's been that fifth to sixth in the mains, even though he was, he was second for a while, second and third for a while in Glasgow. He's just, he like fifth and sixth was his positions at Papadol. I think, I mean, crazy. He's made all four. Um, Speaking of fifth and sixth, I'm pretty sure Camille Merrick got like fifth on Saturday. Dude, I think she got a fifth and a sixth on the weekend, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I knew it. I called it. You called it. You knew it before the weekend was going to happen. She didn't need to race. What are we doing? (laughs) She's five to six range. And you know what? Like, I'm not laughing at the result. I'm just laughing that it's just like we called it because fucking great job. She's she's so consistent and always there. Like she's riding great. It's that's exactly that's yeah, crazy. She's just like to me. She's like a like a Lauren in that sense. It doesn't matter her form, yeah. what you what you see. Like she's gonna find a way to get in a position to be in the final and then just you know be battling somewhere. Yeah, and like obviously doesn't quite have the horsepower that Zoe and Laura do, but really good skills, good ride around the track, good in corners, and she just positions herself well in rounds like she's not super flashy but she just ends up fifth or sixth in the main you'll check the results but like, yeah she got fifth like well shit hey didn't even know <laughs> yeah so watch riders like camille or laura or um uh, lauren excuse me if you want to look at really good riders that just know how to manage a race day yeah and i mean like on the guy side sylvan and isaac do that too um but yeah manage a race day that's a big skill yeah they do a phenomenal job of that I was yeah. just checking. Yeah, Bethany did have a good first straight the second day, but just yeah, not not. Does, does our guy remain my eight as he win a World Cup? Oh yeah, eventually he, here. Yeah, I think he does too. Yeah. yeah, like I feel like if you're if you're gonna be in four out of four mains to start off a, a year, like one of these times it's just gonna click because you're clearly got the speed to be in them. Yeah. So, I agree. He um. Yeah, I think he could. I mean, obviously, Papandal's over for the year, but I feel like he could do it at a track like Papandal. I feel like it suits him really well. Wide totally. open drag. Totally, I agree. Um, another another random note. Did you see uh, Kai White's? I want to say it was like an eighth final, quarter final. Um, let me see if I can find it right here. But he was basically he was last down the second straightaway. Was last in the second turn in seventh. It was seventh place. Uh, seven people. Past three people in the last two straightaways to get to uh, into a qualifying spot. I think he got to like third or fourth, third or fourth. But I actually didn't see any of those earlier rounds. Oh yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, he just he only like just posted on on the socials here. Um, yeah, it's annoying that they don't film any. That's I can't I can't like can't really talk about those early ones really. But uh, it was cool. Just Kai doing Kai things. Once again, though, the show was really good. Like the men's semi goes, and all of a sudden, U twenty three women's main is just up so quick, hey. Oh my God, it's so fast. But so they take a decent amount of time between each main. They probably take what, 10 minutes between each main? Well, I would, oh yeah, like between the mains. Yeah, I would got to think so. Yeah, because they do the whole yeah. replay online, right? They do a replay yeah. of the race. They do a quick, flower ceremony interviews. Yeah. yeah. I think on the broadcast, you don't realize it's that long because they do a really good job of filling the time because they'll interview them, flower ceremony, replay. Mm-hmm. Like the, the TV package they're they're doing is is really good. That's good to see. I yeah, hope, I, I guess that's like people are noticing no, that. I hope they are. Yeah, there's not. It's not boring. There's no dead time. Like it's you know legitimately how other sports do it. Yeah. So good job to the yeah good job to the crew. That's awesome. I think um, so. We kind of chatted about it. The one I think by the sounds of it, the 
the the press conference has been going off the pre-race press conferences which is fantastic it sounds though that they're lacking a little something um mm. and i think that needs to be addressed because if we're going to do these press conferences we can't just half-ass them we don't want them to be treated like crap i think we need to we need to spice them up i think they need to start going on youtube we need somebody like yourself <clears> to be running like we need somebody to be running these things like have a host you need a host to run a press conference in my opinion would you agree yeah um, you do need a host and like like we watch the motocross or golf press conferences they have a host who you know introduces it and like brings the kind of the energy and then asks the first couple questions and then gives it to the reporters and they'll be like okay guys like two more questions whatever um you need someone who can go in and do that and like honestly i'd love to do it and i'd love to do my interview job at the at the world cups again too but you need someone to do that at the for the press conference and so the way it is now like what what's the what's the purpose with it? Like who is it just like print reporters there and it's not being filmed or what's going on? So that's, that's where I think it is. I think it is just that, which to me is very unfortunate because the press conference, like I think you want people around the world to see these things. Like we watch pre-race press conferences or pre-golf. I watched two press conferences in golf today. Guys talked for 20 yeah. minutes for a single yeah. guy. So if we had a 10 minute or with three guys, I'm sure you can get enough questions and that people would be very entertained. So I think it is right now. It's just for like the media or the, uh, the print. What'd you call that? Print media. The print, the, the print media people. Yeah. It's probably just like, for the print media. This is the, like our sport. We're not a print media sport. We're, we're a YouTube social media sport. Yeah. We really are. We, That's exactly where like we are. all our shit is. And if you look at a lot of the writers, like they got good followings on social media, even though we're not like a quote unquote big sport. So there's a good following of BMX uh, racers and fans around the world that like to watch on YouTube, Instagram, whatever. So I think what needs to happen is it needs to be filmed. It needs to be live on YouTube and it needs to be embedded on YouTube so people can go watch it after because people will like the pre and post race. People would love to go watch it. One thousand percent. Thousand percent. I agree. Like what do we, I feel like there's there's not as we're only getting like 10, 20 percent of, of of what we could out of this press conference. Like the, the chunk of it, the chunk of reason why we're doing this should be to go on YouTube for people to watch. And it'd be a weapon on YouTube to watch. It really will. Like, like if someone's there from the, from the Arnhem Herald and just like does a little blurb in the newspaper, like no one gives a shit. Like no. honestly, no one gives a shit. Who's going to read it. That's not going to do anything. But if you actually have Sylvan doing his post-race presser and it's like streamed live and then it's embedded, there's going to be a lot of people that are really excited to watch it. And can go back and watch it too. Yeah. And that's the thing that going back to watch it for maybe people that are like, they don't know who the person is or like, maybe they didn't realize this guy was who he was, or maybe he said something that then you're like, Oh shit, that he did say that in the race, he was injured or something happened. Look how good he's riding that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure we, they're probably realistically, there probably isn't that many people at the press conference anyway, is there? No, that's, that's what I've heard. It's a, it's a lacking, it's lacking a little something. So it's like that to me is fine too it's like you don't have to have a lot of people in person there it could be two three four five reporters yeah, it doesn't matter as long as there's the host and running it live on on youtube yeah and if the reporters ask something cool and then if not the host can just direct questions questions to each writer yeah it's like mini interviews like like you do with terry corners like mini interviews you have a bunch of questions planned i'm sure yeah. and then you just you you branch off from there I think that's what we need to do because we don't have like Sports Center going or NBC going to you know. Yeah. No. Exactly. Right. So. So I don't, I don't think yeah. that would be much of an add-on either. Like it's one person slash a video camera. Like. Yeah, that's that's all you need. Yeah. yeah. 
nowadays you have phones and, that can go to YouTube. You have a computer that can go to YouTube. Like it's that's easy for them. And to embed it on YouTube, yeah, and and especially now with the Olympics um, posting about it and stuff, it could gain some good traction. Big time, yeah, big time. So if us losers can put a podcast online and make a, a live YouTube video every few weeks, dude, they can do it. If we can do it, literally anybody can do it. <laughs> literally anybody can do this stuff because the amount of social, the technology problems we've had recently, it's it's crazy that we made it this far. It's super easy to do. Like it's not, it's not like it's hard. No, it's a couple buttons and a webcam. Literally all, yeah, literally all <laughs> it is. Literally all it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm still, I'm glad they're still doing it anyway. And I hope it evolves to that. Yeah. Um, it was, I'm just looking at my notes here. I had a couple of rather randoms I wrote down on the plane, actually. Uh, Mariana had a crash before the weekend, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Didn't get to see her race. That was a bummer because, and it did seem like it was a pretty big crash in the last turn. Um, I didn't actually see it, the crash itself, but I saw her getting taken off. Um, seemed like she did something to her hand or her thumb, but she was walking around and she was watching the races uh, in person. So that was good to see. Yeah, it really sucks. I heard like first lap, she ate shit in the last corner. Yeah, something like just washed out. Just slammed. Out yeah, yeah, yeah. So that sucks. Yeah, poor, poor Mariana. Yeah, I'm sure she'll heal quick and be back soon. Yeah, super, super unlucky, especially for a rider like her to crash in practice. That's so rare. Yeah. Um, Cam Wood, shout out to him. Podium, uh, USA back on the podium. Been a while since I think they've had a World Cup podium. Or, I mean, when was when was the last one? No, it's a couple years ago. But yeah, he's the first one that we, isn't, I guess, Connor Corbin in a while. Yeah, I guess we forgot to touch on Cam, but yeah, good result last year in popping up the worlds, and he's been riding great in USA BMX. Obviously, got his um, first win in Tulsa, so I've no doubt that um, getting on a World Cup podium was a big goal of his. So to tick that. He's a, he's a guy that could be a weapon and really dangerous to win one of these things too. Like kind of flies under the radar. There's a lot of attention on other riders. Um, and he's kind of just quiet and goes, goes and does his thing. And he could, he could win one of these things. I wouldn't be surprised at all. He's got the first straight speed and he knows how to win too, after winning a couple of big races in the U S. Yeah. That's the thing. I think those things help him. And it's funny that he, you look in the U S he's not, he doesn't really fly under the radar there. He's a contender. I'd say. Like you, you view him early on as a contender, and but the World Cup he does a little bit flies under the radar. You don't really say much or see much until he's top two, top three in the semi, and then in the main, just battling it out too. Yeah, and I, I don't know why for some reason some riders just fly under the radar more. I feel like maybe he's just a bit quieter, like on social media and everything too, and just kind of does his thing. Whereas other riders, you know, hype themselves up more and then just don't deliver. I don't know. Yeah, I gotta think that's part of it. Right? Yeah, I think. So. Yeah. Um, tough weekend for the, the Dutchies, I'd say a little bit. Um, Davo. Was he in the, oh, my Davo pick went up in flames, didn't it? Yeah, that was a tough one because I mean, no, he what? showed good speed in Glasgow, but just didn't have, didn't have the same old Davo stuff he had here, which was tough. Yeah. Um, Shopman, yeah. Mitchell Shopman had a crash on the first day and wasn't even able to race the second day. So that sucked. Um, but Justin Kimmon first semi and, uh, our boy skippers Jay was in the the semis as well. So Jay is going good. He's another low key, little under the radar. Like you know, you don't really talk about him too much, but man, he's quick, hey? Dude, Jay is he's he like if you look over the last five years, he's steadily improved every year, and now he's in semis often, very often, very like he's pretty quite consistently, I'd say. Yeah, uh, he's top sixteen quite often. Um, 
good racer too, like aggressive, good in the corners, hell of a start in the pro gate Europe. Um, he'll make some of these mains soon. He really will. Yeah, hundred percent. He will. Uh, I like rooting for him too. Like not only is he a nice, nice guy and I've known him a long time, but like he's a small dude and you know, it's just harder sometimes if you're small, like it sounds dumb, maybe saying that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm just, so one of the things I had written down too in my comments was, uh, did you see Simba's crash? He crashed in the last turn. And, oh no, um, I didn't. So I think he just slid out and crashed. I think. Um, now I need to watch the video because then we got some guy in our comments. Uh, no, it's Jay Simpson underscore three, three, six. He's like, can we talk about Simba's fork? Maybe carbon parts in general. It looked like the fork failing caused the crash, but I don't want to create another Connor Olympic stem debate here. I believe the aim to be, that'd be a quality piece, but it seems every week there's another guy selling the same carbon parts, blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, carbon Connor's crash was never a stem thing. So that has no relevance. And I don't think, I think he, his front tire washed out for Simba, I think. And I was mm. going to bring up the point that the reason why something broke was I'm pretty sure Bodie like bodied, like shouldered his forks and broke them. Bodie <laughs> talk slammed. About, talk about a talented dude, Bodie. Like just like doesn't race for a few years. It comes back and he's right there. Like he's a talented dude. He's a natural bike rider. It seems like, Hey, yeah, he really is yeah. fun guy to be around. Always. He should have been <laughs> DJ DJing. Bodie. Was he at the after party? Oh, absolutely. He was there. I wish he was DJing dumb, because dumb the guy wasn't speaking. Dumb question. Dumb question. <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think he's ever met an after party he doesn't like. <laughs> oh, unreal. I got to watch Simba's crash here again to figure out, because I, I swear I just slid up, but man, I was like, yeah, bodied himself. Doesn't it feel like, like Eddie always fucking ends up weeding himself somehow or crashing at these things? Um, yeah, somewhat. Did he this for some reason? I don't know. I feel like he always has good speed and always just ends up in a crash somehow. I I heard that on the broadcast too. That it seems to, you know, that does happen. I mean, this time he got around it because he was in that that race with Simba and Bodhi when Bodhi shouldered Simba's forks and broke them. What I believe I'm still looking and seeing, but Eddie got around it and then he he went on to make it in that final. Um, yeah, and he got six on six on Saturday. Yeah, fifth, fifth, yeah, fifth or sixth, yeah. Yeah, so good job, Eddie. Like, yeah, rode great. I saw um, a couple of videos of him coming oh. from the outside. And yeah, great pull on the first straight. Really good. So first moto Sunday, um, he was late to, to make his pick for, for his lane. Um, so uh, under the rules, rightfully so, he lost his pick and he had to pick last. Mm-hmm. The dude, I was in that moto. I got to say, it in that moto, it did not matter what lane he was in. He uncorked one on us, and I was just like, you know what? Well-deserved, my guy. Like, go ahead. That he, he he corked one. Yeah, he's fast as shit. <laughs> like, like, I'm talking a whole bike ahead at the bottom of the hill of all of us. <laughs> I mean, he. there's no question Eddie has elite speed. He does. Yeah, it's just putting it together at the right times, hey? Yeah, I just don't think he's had a day where he's he's put it all together and kind of unleashed his full potential. Um I think when he does, he'll be on a World Cup podium. Yeah. But he, yeah, elite speed, good track speed. He's got all the tools. He does. Yeah, he does. Phenomenal, uh, phenomenal skills. Um, anything else? Any more? Should we get us a quick shot? Yeah, we can get it. How about Patty's crash? You see that explosion? That was the one with Gil. Unfortunately, I realize now. Um, 
looking back at it, but Patty's part of that crash was, I don't know. I don't know what the word is to describe it. Surreal. I actually, I actually, <laughs> I actually didn't see, didn't see the crash. Excuse me. Until it was on. I put that's one on chatter. Oh my fucking god! Yes, the Jecto Cito Cuz, which by the way, that post was laugh out loud funny. That was yeah. <laughs> that, was <laughs> that was that was just a classic BMX Supercross explosion. The dude just walks away fine, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Like, how the hell does that guy walking away right now? Yeah, but that is just like you see those crashes every race weekend. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I just yeah, was looking at the questions. That's what that was for the awkward pause there. We got a lot of we got a lot of good questions actually. Yeah. Let me hit you. All right. Quick shot question segment. I got question number one from AR underscore four oh six. Can we get a bike manufacturer on the show here to about to process for designing frames? Oh, to talk about the process for designing frames. That would be cool to hear about. We'll have to do that sometime. Actually, that would be cool to hear about. Um, from MK six, six, six BMX. How come many people were so crooked saying the triple wind question mark, saw Isaac Sylvan, et cetera. Uh, well, I think a lot of it's just close racing. Probably you just get bumped a bit and just like fucking one foot it. Um, how's the wind too? Now that we got fantastic weather, the wind was never an issue. Those two instances were both by the looks of it. Yeah. Isaac getting close, maybe got bumped. Sylvan most definitely got bumped up the lip, which is crazy that he rode away from that. Yeah. Uh, Joffrey Wooters, um, opinion on the forks of Wooter Seegers. Not for me. Oh, are those those like shock th- looking things? Yeah, the, the double crown, triple crown, sorry. That's what they call triple crown. What's the, ben- what's the benefit of using them? Is there any? I mean, like, he's got to think they're maybe stiffer and or stronger. But other than that, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I can't it imagine it's a like, look thing. No, my... <laughs> <laughs> In my opinion, they look fucking ridiculous, but I mean, if they feel better for them, why not? Like if they're fat, I don't know. I don't want to say faster, but if you like the feel of them and everything, run it. Who cares? I mean, looks are like half, you know, half the thing. The look, the look is tough. That's a tough it's, look. It's a really tough look. It, it, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> From Mason Hayes, 91. Oh, what's up, dude? What are the Frenchmen doing so well? Good question. Well, break, break it down for us, T, because man, it is crazy. I think they have good coaching at their local tracks growing up. So I think they get good coaching as young kids. I think they have a lot of riders. So you have good riders to ride with. They have good structure in their training throughout throughout their amateur careers. Like I saw a lot of the ways the coaches worked with the kids and, and up and coming riders when I was, did a lot of training over there. So they have a lot of good direction. They work a lot on they work a lot on technique and skills, dude. No joke. They'll ride the track for four hours. So, and like, that's honestly what really helped me too, is like, I had a French coach. So especially like the yearly into the Olympics with me and Connor, like we legitimately had four hour track sessions where we just do skills for two and a half hours before we even start our session. And so I think a lot of time the French kids and riders, they do that. And like, I saw the way Sylvain and a lot of the French team rode, and they just worked on skills for hours and hours, different lines, different lines and corners riding um, with five other guys through a pro section. Like they work a lot more on um, tactics as well. Like riding in a pack and jumping pro sections or rhythm section, different speed. Like they just have fun with it and they ride in tons of different ways, which we typically don't do in North America. Um, And then I think as, you know, as you get up through the national team, you, 
you have really good staff and coaches there too. And you work the same way. So it's not like you just go to the track and just, you know, do whatever, do a few gates and leave. It's a, it's a whole training commitment um, on the track. So I think, and then if you do that with every generation that comes up, I mean, it's no surprise where every French rider you see is fast and unbelievably skillful. I have nothing more to add. Cause yeah, all that is, I like that. Not just one thing; it's everything combined. I feel like I fucking nailed that answer. Like, I, yeah, I don't. I'm speechless because there's nothing more <laughs> I could say that could just. If I had a round of applause button right now, which I do, I'd just be playing that right there. It's like it's it's yeah. spot on though. All that above is what makes them so amazing, and you're just seeing it all come to fruition. It's crazy that you like you look at guys like you don't. People probably don't think like someone like Romain is like crazy skillful. Maybe like someone like Eddie, because Romain isn't posting this kind of stuff. But if you get that guy, if you get that guy yeah. on the track to do manuals and whatnot, he can do all that shit. So it's like and that's so, crazy. And you like people are seeing, you know, like obviously Sylvan and Joris and Romain, Jeremy. Like you see all those guys dominating the sport now, and you see the U twenty three is dominating. But this this whole process that they're dominating in now, this era, this was started years ago, like whatever, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, when they were coming up. Yeah. So. And I think a lot of time people say, yeah, it's the tracks. Well, yes and no, like it's not because sure. A lot of the tracks are fun, but a lot of the tracks like aren't amazing either. Like they're nothing crazy. It's not all, but of it. it's, it's maybe what 10% of it, 10, 15, 20. Like you have to do the other things. Like all you're talking about, like growing up with discipline training sessions, riding all the time for fun. Like they go to school and then they go straight to the track and train. Like that's where they go to school forest for BMX. And like how often you see amateurs, you know, here in North America, just go to the track for four hours and just ride the rhythm section every way possible. Try every line and just work on skills for two and a half hours. Like you don't really see it. It's more about gates and stuff, which is important, but they have a different philosophy there and it, it works really well. And like I said, working with PH and doing that, it really helped me and my, you know, riding and everything. Yeah, it shows. It really does. So yeah, it's, uh, there's many things, but that's why I like to have that. It's obviously a long answer, but they have that, um, when you have that process and those kind of systems in place and that culture, I guess I should say, that's why you're going to see like generation year after year of these people come up in France. It's not like a, it's not like you're seeing just a generational athlete in Sylvan multiple times. Like it's no coincidence. This is keep, this is going to keep happening. Yeah. You got evidence. It's going to keep happening when you got three French guys in the U23 podium. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, from our boy Gavin Smith, uh, biggest upset of the weekend. Good question. Mm, yeah, that is a good question. Romain won, so that wasn't an upset. Maybe a, maybe a Dutchie not on the podium, and I would say I would say that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. probably mine. Yeah. Um, biggest surprise of the weekend. I would say maybe Laura not winning was a pretty decent surprise. I would say the counter to that. Yeah. I was surprised that, uh, Zoe whole shot at both days. It's like same thing. Yeah. 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 Um, from Joel underscore Penna two nine eight. What's the craziest thing you saw in Papendal BMX related or not? You know what? Here's mine. Cause obviously you have to watch it from the, the film. So for this festival T when I'm telling you, it started at like noon, both days, it started at noon they were literally dropping off busloads of people every like 10, 15 minutes. So I'm every time I'm leaving the pit area to go for a pedal, there's a new bus dropping people off. By the time I turned around, another bus of people is being dropped off. 
And I'm telling you, Saturday, it had to be like 75% women. Like I was, I'm talking like I was riding by females constantly. Hell of a ratio if you're a single, single young man. If you're a single young man going there to find a lady, like that would have been fantastic. Yeah, Palmer, any chicks or no? No. No. None of that. But, you know. Sunned. Yeah. When you go to the BMX side of the after party, then you get the opposite. And then it's about 75% dudes. So. <laughs> Um, uh, give us a take on part controversies aim focus breaking rent no, I don't think there's many of them. Oh, from hers a hers a her pills riding taped over dxr cranks was my guy taping over his cranks wait pills was yeah, pills were riding taped the XR cranks. If my what a fucking legend. Oh, he did have something, but I don't think it was because he was just taping over the cranks. He um he's got something. You know what? We ride for paychecks here. We ride for paychecks. My guy is holding out. <laughs> he's got something under there, I think. That's why. Let's laugh out loud funny if he's taping it. Yeah, it is. Ah, he could be, who knows? I mean shamanic pictures, <laughs> yeah. Come on, Shaman, we gotta pay my guy. Okay, I gotta say this is kind of funny. From Dave underscore Bedford seventy four. Who is the cameraman? Because that creep found every low cut shirt in the in the stands. I saw McClintock commented on that in Glasgow too. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. That's... I don't think this is coincidence. I don't think it's coincidence. I think we, you know, is there a horn dog behind the camera <laughs> <Is> or what? <laughs> is he, he knows how to get the viewership? Maybe I don't know. Is there? I mean, he's just zooming in on the chicks in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> I it's funny. I've actually I've seen people say the same thing. That's hilarious. Um, from Dominic Gray, is Zoe Classens becoming the new top dog? Certainly one of them, yes. Yeah, she's right in that mix of, of them now. She is and one. will she? Yeah, she is one, yeah. Will she in the next couple of years? Mm, I think there's a good argument for that. Hundred percent. Yeah, she's making it tough for Laura to get to that 30 number. Tell you that much. Obviously, Laura's still killing it, and Bethany's still young too. Like she's oh, not yeah. old by any. She's oh, still really young. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think to add on to that about Bethany, I think she's not at her best right now. I mean, look what she did last year. Like you need some time to breathe. Like kind of what Neek's going through. Granted, she didn't have a knee injury, but I think it's just like a bit of a hangover from what she accomplished last year. Like she's still obviously top, but I don't think she's at quite her best right now. Hundred uh, percent. I know what you mean. Um, for, this one's older one. Levi underscore dot shader over under who got more love out of turn one, the tough blocks or the, uh, the infield at Papandale is just <laughs> iconic for, because of that turn, the way it is for people getting pushed in the tough blocks and then, and or getting pushed into the grass. Yeah. Classic, you yeah. see it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Guilty of that. One. Um, are the beers cold 34? Awesome name. Love it. Um, What's the one track you really want to ride in the world? I would say I'm honestly I don't really, I don't have one now. But what do you what about you, James? Um, so I'm gonna say one track I want to race. One track I want to race because of how iconic it is. I think it might be too small to race now, but Copenhagen. I never got to race Copenhagen. It was just a staple at the time, and I I loved watching it. And I love watching old videos that I wish I could race there. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's just mine. I would think. When I was racing, trying to think when I was racing, one track I was really excited to ride was Chula Vista. 
the like the original Beijing Supercross when I was a junior. I couldn't wait to drive that track. That was such a good one, hey? Yeah. Um, from Tony 3XL, looking forward to this one, boys. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Val. Fucking rights, Tony. <laughs> uh, last one, though. Oh, wait. Uh, from Eli underscore Shaw. Is that you say that? If the Olympics- you know, shout out Eli Shaw. You know, shout, shout out to that guy. He messages all the time. He's a chatty, listens all the time. Thanks for the love, brother. Thanks for listening all the time. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. If the Olympics were this year, who would have won for men and women? Who would have got gold for that, men and women? That's an awesome question. Such a good one. I would say Laura, 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 Zoe, Bethany. One of those three for sure. Yeah. Oh, who'd win? Yeah, that's a, who'd who'd win gold. I, I I mean, I'd probably have to say Laura if I was betting yeah. for women. What about you? Uh, I would too. As a betting man, I would have to do the same, just based on how good she's been. Um, and the guys, though, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I just pick Sylvan just because he's the most consistent. Isaac, maybe because he's the hungriest. Diego, because he's just got all that speed. I don't know. Rome, because he gets eight. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. God, the guys are tough. I mean, there's four different winners. So that's pretty cool. I would say, like, if you're, I mean, probably betting, you'd probably still then. Yeah. Betting odds, you'd have to go with him. Four different winners in Elite. Hey, do you think we're, how many? You think we're going to get six different winners in elite or eight? You think we get eight? Cause there's two. Yeah. What's left Columbia. Two in, yeah. Two back to backers in Columbia. Yeah. No. Cause I bet, I bet, um, I bet Diego wins in Columbia one or two. Yeah. I kind of have the same feeling too. I bet. Yeah. Carlos probably wins one in Columbia too. So that could be a five. I could see rope. Let's say Mayette wins a day. They get six different. Oh, a May eight. And then who else could win one that could? I don't know who else could win one, but yeah, somebody else can win one. Joris, if he comes back, which he will, you see. Any news? Yeah, he hasn't had his baby yet, huh? Not yet. I don't think so. He could have now. I think it's it was within days. Yeah. From from what I heard last, so he was just playing the waiting game. I think. All right. When he starts the Great Gate, Progate Europe. Thanks for listening, everyone. God, I love these recap shows. What a what a race weekend we had in Pops. Hope everyone enjoyed it. I know I did. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, fun. Um, I think we'll be back to a back to a guest next week, right? It's about it's about time, hey? Yeah, it is about time for that. Yeah. Who should we who should we have? Start sending some messages, people, get our get our juices flowing, but I'm sure we'll think of someone good. We always do. Rain Carell would be really good to have on. His English is getting better. Should we ask him? Um, we could. I could send you the video I have of my new question segment thing I'm going to post. on. He's one of the guys I got. I'd say we ask him and see see if he like wants to. or Yeah, Yeah, it's, I think it's still like, it'd be tough for him. We'd have, yeah. But his English getting much better, which is awesome because, you know, he's a cool guy to talk to. Just couldn't really talk to him much before. Fucking speak up, Jeremy. <laughs> He is legitimately one of the nicest guys on tour. Honestly, yeah. Always there, having a good time. Works his ass off, tries hard. Can't come at him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Show 156. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next week. See Snap next on green. Week. Snap on green.
Yeah, well, what's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter? Get off my back, guys. <laughs> you have to be fast in the truck. I hate that guy. <laughs>